Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable show. This is episode 612. We normally record this around roughly 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. You can join us and watch it, um, the show live and comment by going to the WP Tonic Facebook page or YouTube channel. I've got a great, um, we've got some great stories. I've got a great panel. Um, it should be a great show. Always enjoy it. I'm going to let the panel quickly introduce themselves, starting with Uncle Spencer. Uncle Spencer, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? It is Spence from WPLauncherFi.com. Yes, and I've got um, Andrew, Andrew Palmer. From grid pain. Would yeah, you like to serious WordPress agencies crush that hosting once and for all? There we go. I've got my friend John Locke, who's gonna hold my hand when I commit suicide on the So there you go, John. John from uh I got John I got great um guest um panelist and friend of the show who thinks I'm totally bonkers, but there we go. Um, we've got Jonathan Wald with us. Jonathan, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, what's there to say? I love WordPress, and uh, I'm here to see what happens today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, before, uh, before we go... That's what it, Rand Fishkin said last week. Yeah, we he's still, still he regretting it. <laughs> yeah, well, he said he'd come back. I don't know, you know, he's, you know, and it's I don't... Fine. I think if he had found it, he would have just said, no, thanks, Jonathan, I'm not coming back, right? Uh, <laughs> I, did but, say, I did come back, that's true, I did come back. Yeah, but Rain said he would come back in a, a few months to join us again. He said he enjoyed it. He said, <laughs> he said next time maybe you could give him the opportunity to actually say something, Spencer. Yeah, so yeah. There, there we go. I roughed uh, him, him up at the beginning, but then we, we had our... We yeah, had there our, we go. Uh, um, yeah. All right, there we are. Uh, um so before we go into the main stories of the week, um, I want to talk about our great um, sponsor, the, which might be ended very soon. <laughs> Costos, Costos, Costos. Uh, um, um, if you're looking to get into podcasting, and I love it, um, you need a hosting provider for your audio files that also produces the RS feed. You can do all this yourself, by the way, but it is really a pain in the ass. So you do need a platform and it makes it much so much better. I was using a well-known other platform until about six months ago, and then I heard about Testos. Then I heard that Matt Medeus of the Matt Report, a friend of the show as well, um, had become their director of marketing and customer experience. And I thought if it was good for Matt, I should look at it. I decided to move um, basically because Matt was the head of it. And I've been delighted. Um, I did it out of my own pocket. And then I got in discussions with Matt and the team at Costas, and they decided that they would take over the reins of um, Kinster as being my major long-term sponsor. And I've just been delighted because it's a great service, a great company, and a great product. It's got a great interface. It's really easy to use. The support you get from the Custos team 
is superb. And also, if you're looking for advice about podcasting, you can <clears throat> outreach to Matt, Matt and Medeus, and he is available and he's very approachable and very knowledgeable. You're, it's a, a great platform. Go over there, sign up if you're looking to get into podcasting yourself or you have clients. I'm sure you're going to be delighted and your clients are going to be delighted. Right. So let's go into story one. That comes from me, Jonathan Denwood, the host of this show. And um, this has been brewing. This has been brewing for months and months. I've just had it with Mac Mayo X, so-called leadership, which is non-existent, really. Um, whatever goes on in his mind, God knows, because as far as I'm concerned, it's just a jumble of illogical competing ideas that have no real linkage to one another. And in the WordPress community, people are a little bit scared of him because he has got a notorious reputation of pursuing those that cross him in the WordPress um, community. Um, I watched his last one of his last public interviews and to say that I felt it was a jumble of utter nonsense would be an understatement. And I thought, what is this reminding me? Um, what it reminds me of Alan Greenspan when he was the the head of the Fed. He used to have these news, um, he used to have these meetings with the financial journalists, and he used to come out with this these statements, these, and nobody could understand a bloody word he was saying, not a word of it. But people thought, oh, it's Alan Greenspan. He's the genius of the Fed. Well, we learned that for years, it was just bullshit. He had no fucking idea what he was talking about. It was just dribble, and he got away with it because he was seen as this great goo. But the truth was, he was a mediocre a communist at best that bum-lit politicians and managed to get the Fed job. And then he then he found this bullshit nonsense that he kept feeding to the financial press. And they fell for it. And I, unfortunately, this is what we're dealing with, with our leader. We're dealing with an individual that is seen as a genius, but he's actually a, a Wizard of Oz figure that consistently comes out with dribble. Um, what does the paddle think? Andrew, what did, what did you think of my video and what I've just said? The, tr the problem is when you criticise somebody of such great visibility as Matt Mullenweg, and then look at the history of what he and Mike achieved with WordPress when they yeah. copied Cafe, whatever it was, um, and the way that it has enhanced people's lives, both with websites um, and with profitability and giving hundreds of thousands of people an opportunity to feed their children, you can be you can come across as envious, envious, jealous, yeah. um, bitter, 
Why didn't I think of that? Whatever. But that doesn't mean to say that I think that Matt Mullenweg or me or Spencer or John or John or John are beyond <laughs> criticism. JG. JD, JW. We've got Jonathan, JG and John. Are beyond criticism. And I have in the community faced many criticisms and many negatives, but also many, many positives. And when you are seen as somebody who is either successful or, you know, the people's perception is that you're successful, there's no doubt that MW is, is very successful. He's 400 million net worth, according to Wikipedia, and he's, he's the co-founder of WordPress, and he's got Automatic, and he also invests through Audrey and all this kind of stuff. He is a figure that will, as an individual during the day, evening, night, sometimes appear to be slightly confused about who he is and why he is and, and where he is. And that's completely understandable because when you've got, I've got many fingers in many pies and, you know, some are successful, some haven't been, some some have been great. But the, the problem is, is criticizing a person like Matt gives you, that makes you, an object of criticism as well, or can uh, be. I was, I was well but aware also, of that, yeah. I've, not, I've, got to, I've got to finish this. Yeah. But that doesn't, as I said, that doesn't mean to say that we cannot criticise these people. It's like politicians. You either love them, loathe them, or hate them. I mean, you know, most of them are, are, are very dislikable people. But what they have achieved as an individual by supplying um, a situation, or by giving us all a situation to be able to earn a living be educated, educate others, is something that shouldn't be ignored and should be applauded. But also, if that if that person, in our view or in our perception, is losing direction, we should be able to, like you say, criticise, openly criticise and, and openly say, where is WordPress going? In fact, where is Matt Mullenweg going? Is he going to stay with automatic is he going to stay with wordpress.com is he going to stay with wordpress is he still going to be the um the benevolent dictator and every yeah. you know words can i that, um i just want know. to quickly respond before before i fully um get ala panelist in i totally understand what you've just said and in fairness to myself um it, the title was a bit is done for um clickbaits really um, but we're all ad adults here. We understand the game. But there is a serious <coughs> part of my video. And, at, and in, in defence of myself, at the beginning of the video, I do point out that um, I still um, think that Matt is a, a, a great founder and I, I owe him uh, a debt. I've made a reasonable good living out of WordPress for the past um well, done a lot better the past four or five years, but the past eight or nine years, I made a reasonable living out of WordPress. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I agree with everything you say, but I see him now as a reactionary, anti-democratic force in WordPress. He closed my main, my part, my, my two main criticisms in my video, his my opinion that he has no real idea what he's doing with WordPress. Absolutely. It's, 
it's a, a Wizard of Oz moment. He has absolutely no idea where he's going. It, it, he makes out he does, but he has absolutely no idea as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. But my real criticism is that he wouldn't share power. Three years ago, I know a group of well-known WordPress leading community members went to him privately saying that WordPress, the foundation and the relationship with WordPress.org and WordPress.com had to be cleared up and power needed to be shared. Not that it became some boring committee, but there had to be some structure and they were dismissed, Andrew, that he wouldn't share power. And he has, as far as I'm concerned, become a reactionary, anti-democratic force in the WordPress community, which is much bigger than automatic. You know, I criticise... Or one one individual. No, I get it. I absolutely get it. I do get it. You know, we are... The WordPress community, the WordPress organisation, the volunteers, the people that contribute is much, much bigger than one man. And without all of the contributions from the WordPress community, that one man would not be where he is today. But, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, different, it's a difficult thing, isn't it? Without him, we wouldn't have the WordPress no. to work on. We might, might, might have chosen Drew. It's very sad. I was sad to make the video. I just... I just I, I, there wasn't just there wasn't one incident like happened two days ago that triggered me. I've been I've been thinking about this for months, and uh, there's been certain incidents over the last few last six months which have pissed me off quite a bit. And I uh, um and and then I watched this video again, and I thought I've had enough of this nonsense. <laughs> I've just really had a num of him, and he's crony, and he's cronies at automatic. He's got a certain posse of cronies, and they're fuckers. They really are a bunch of fuckers, and uh, um, they're nasty people. Not all. There's loads of really nice people that work at automatic. We've got one former member of the automatic team here. That's a, a lovely person. But there's a small posse of his inner circle who are awful. I mean, they are real fuckers. And I had to deal with a couple of them. And I do not appreciate it, Andrew. I do not. You know, you've helped me with a, a minor thing when people start to threaten me and give me aggro. Um, they do not get a good response from me. If they ask politely, they get a much better response. Uh, um, right, uh, John, what did you think of my video? Okay, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> speak on leadership as, as a person, but I'm just going to say what I observe. What I have observed in the community over the last couple of years is there's a lot of people that, that um, used to be very involved with this project that have been disillusioned and are not as involved with this project anymore as they once were. And for example, if you go back four or five years, you saw a lot of companies spending part of their payroll to do five for the future to help build this project up. Uh, Is WordPress project in danger of going away? No, 
absolutely not. Um, but there's a lot of people, very smart, resourceful, intelligent, creative people that really have distanced themselves from pitching in on this because as you put it, their voices weren't being heard. And I think that they saw that the direction of the project is basically have, there's this open source um, code base, but a lot of it is going toward this commercial uh, product that's trying to compete with Squarespace and Wix and Weebly and Shopify. And their voices weren't really being heard and they were donating a bunch of their time and money and effort and energy toward building it up without getting an equitable return or even a representation of, of how, where this is going now, personally, like what I feel um, speaking just for myself one thing that, that I have seen in the project that I would like to, to, to see different is a better representation of the actual community. And, I, and to be clear, um, for example, WP Tavern, we, we cover a lot on this show, has been owned by Aubrey Capital for several years. And essentially that is the... Uh, news like blog that that runs through the WordPress uh, foundation officially or unofficially. And one of the things that I see that's very disheartening in the community is it's, it's since its inception to now, the representation of the voices like the writers and the podcasters have all been white guys, kind of like this panel today. It's all white guys with one white woman. And when people have said like, hey, like there needs to be, because we're always talking about how this is a global brand. We're 42% of the web. You know, we're so big. We're so awesome. We're the whole web. But there's these little avenues where there's not really representation at all. And when people bring that up, even other people in the community kind of push back on it. And, and that's pretty disheartening to me. I would like to see that change. And I would like to see it change from within because it's the right thing to do and not simply because people are saying like, hey, like this mm-hmm. needs to reflect the community better. But as the overall commercial product or the open source product, like I said, I see lots of people who are very prominent in this community who once were that have kind of been burned a few times. And we've talked about this before where they volunteer time. They're in, they're in a leadership role, they're contributing and then they get stepped over. And, uh, you know, it just leaves. It's been a a consistent pattern over the years. Nobody's talked about it because they fear him. They fear the consequences of crossing, crossing him. And, and they've got right to fear him because he has a notorious reputation of holding grudges against people that cross his path, gets on his radar, he, 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 and he's proven how vindictive he is uh, um, when when people have crossed him. Um, the other factor is I have no problem of what 
automatic is planning with Gutenberg and their competitor. Um, good luck to them. It was um, when when the members of the wider community um, approached him about how the relationship between automatic and WordPress.org and the foundation that he sets up that owns it, how that was going to should be reorganized and democratized to some extent. And his total dismissal, pettiness, and rejection of um, of reasonable proposals it was awful. And he is a reactionary, as I say again, he is a reactionary, anti-democratic figure in the WordPress community. And I'll stand by that comment. Over to you, Jonathan. What do you think? Wow, what a setup. So first, I'm not sure we watched the same video. You sent over an interview that he did. Yeah, well, I made a, I made a video last well, night and yes, um, you, did, but, you didn't get the link. But I think well, you're, getting, I think, I think you're yeah. getting the gist of what I've stated it. Um, sorry, go on. I think so. Was it based on the same video, though? Like, like yeah. was that video your... But you're... you're you, you know, which is fair enough. You don't, you don't see what I see in that video. You, you I'm wondering if you can be. Uh, so I have two questions, but the first is I'm wondering if you can be specific. Like I watched more than half of his interview. It was with uh, with Sheena. They talked yes. about distributed work, etc. Like what what was the heart of your like concern with the video? Is you, anything specific? I it was it was a t- to me um, as I say in my video, which unfortunately you haven't had the opportunity to watch, and I apologise for that, Jonathan. Um, is that it was a typical Matt Mayowick interview where he he you need the interpreter half the time to work out what the freaking hell he's talking about. And then he talks about Gutenberg and the reasons why he feels it was necessary, you know. And then what really got me going is his total contradictory logic because he, he, he switches halfway through the video, the interview, when he starts talking about WooCommerce. And he's, then he comes out with this ridiculous statement and he consistently keeps doing it. A bit like his statement about Jetpack being the driving force of WordPress adoptation. You've got to be joking, aren't you? Uh, um, he then comes out with this remark that there is no demand for a hosted version of, of WooCommerce. You know, it, it, it's a different type of individual. No, no, that, no, looks he, at, that was a reference, though, to Automatic doing it. Like that, he was asked, that was the question. He, she was asking him the question, like, "Are you going to do it?" And he's like, "Well, it's already being done." Was what I heard in the in the answer. Well, I heard something different than you, but oh, that's fair. The- I, so, I'll, the, the, my takeaway: there are two things to it. Uh, I didn't think the questions were really good to begin with. Well, no, because like, he the, he chooses interview people um, that softball him then like i said in my own video which you didn't watch the last time he was really quizzed was when um david from Basecamp, and like i say in my video that's hilarious because the last people that should be throwing dirt at anybody is the founders of Basecamp. uh um it's just a joke really but to give david's due he did ask 
the um, the wizard of WordPress some hard questions. Um, it was interesting, um, Matt, when he's really pushed, he always, always reverts back to the cloth of open source to protect him um, from okay. criticism. I, I think we're going to, I think we'll agree to disagree. Right. On, because uh, I think part of what I'm hearing and what you're describing is reading motivations, right? It's very like we can't really know what people no. what motivates people. No. So if uh, you're you hear an answer, I'm hearing a different thing because of different contexts that I have. Now, I think practically speaking, though, what I'm interested in is what is what's the outcome that you're hoping for? Like, what, what's what do you think is the solution to this? What, what you clear, yeah, understandable divorciation between. WordPress.com and Automatic and the Foundation and WordPress.org. I'm not saying a divorce, but a clear structure of who's running which part. I have no problem if Automatic wants Matt Merweg to, you know, and Matt thinks he's still the right person to run Automatic. Good luck to him, right? But when it comes to the org part, um, that should be um, that should have a, a committee. Um, I don't like committees anyway, but it should have a committee. But it should have a leader who is elected who by people who are part of that foundation, and that foundation should have a membership. Um, that's open to anybody that's part of the WordPress community. And that leader should be voted on every four years or whatever period. And it should be democratised, not have some individual that we we don't even know the structure, what the real relationship between WordPress.org and all. It's all been left in darkness and in the cloud. And because it, it suits him, because he keeps oscillating from being the defender of open source and then uh, running a commercial business, which I have no problems. It's, okay, this, so let's, it's, let's this, it. it's this concoction that he's formatted that I have the problem with, Jonathan. Let's say it doesn't happen. What, what do you think 10 years from now? What's the state of the project? Like, let's say... Like Matt said, nope, that's not going to happen. It's going to stay fuzzy. We can agree to disagree on like one of the things I'll say from my time at Automatic that I was really impressed by. You can say what you want. In practice, I felt that the separation between .org and the rest of the business, if anything, was harder. Like they were, they were, they were more, they were harder on folks at Automatic asking for things. Right? I think I mentioned that last time. You can say you can. You can agree. To, it's hard. Like you can say what you want, right? Ultimately, though, let's say that none of that happens. What do you think happens to the project ten years from now? Well, as I said in my video, which unfortunately you didn't, I see this ending up, and he it's through his statements that he wants WordPress to be the operating system of the web. Um, he wants it to totally dominate um, yep. as the operating system. What will happen is it will turn into another Facebook. It will turn into another Google. It will turn into another Amazon. And these are, you know, we discuss this regularly on this panel, week in, week out, these tech giants and their immoral, anti-competitive, anti 
anti-customer stance on a regular, and this is the future of WordPress. And I, I'm not very and happy. That's the future of WordPress, the project or of automatic, or is part of your point that there's not a difference? Well, who knows? That's the problem. There is no structure. It, the structure comes out of the mind of the great leader. And the problem with the great leader is I don't think there is much structure. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's the point of the video. There, there is no long-term plan. There is no real insight. It's Wizard of Oz time. The curtain is pulled. Spencer, what do you think, Spencer? I, I mean, unusual for me. I don't think I can add to this conversation in any meaningful way. I will say that I was uh, surprised by the video, mostly for one reason. Um, and this is not specific to what you said. This is in general. Um, there's a difference between attacking somebody on the facts and attacking them as the person. They call that in Latin an ad hominem attack, mm. right? And in law and in marketing, and I personally try to do this if I can, I'm fine with going after somebody for whatever the reasons they provoke me at uh, or on, as long as it's not an ad hominem attack. In other words, I've been guilty of uh, going after certain members of the WordPress community in the moderation because of what they specifically did. And I was just a little surprised, and that's why I asked before the show started, what, what happened to you? Because the response that you gave was very ad hominem against Matt, and I was wondering whether there was something that happened, and maybe there was that you're not sharing, which is your prerogative as well. But that's all I'll say on it. I mean, listen... I am an outspoken guy. I'm I'm all in favor of whatever, but I do concern myself that you um you should have some good justification when you go after somebody. Yeah. Because yeah, my, it, my, my, the facts, just to wrap up before before we go to the break and we have time to discuss a couple other stories. My, my main honestly, probably um I might have to take it down because it is it comes across as too personal. <clears throat> But I don't hate Matt Manwick as a human being. I don't hate him. I'm sure I've met him. He's an extremely charming person. I'm sure he's a great friend. I'm sure he's a decent... I say in my video that I'm not trying to make out that he's a monster or a villain out of a James Bond film, Spencer, because he isn't. But I do honestly feel as the CEO of Automatic, he's useless. And I also think he has, and that's my honest opinion, Spencer. Um, and I what also... What is it based on, Jonathan? What What is your, yes. that opinion based on? That's the key. Is that if you Pretty, think I'm gonna, somebody is yeah. use, useless or something, yeah. there has to be a I'm justification gonna, yeah. for that. Three three years of this endless um, Gutenberg bullshit, a project that should have been done in less than a year, um, especially with the resources that Automatic could throw at it, endless, and in which he remarks about in the video that Jonathan watched, like somehow the um, endless changes, the total lack of communication um, through uh, marketing, the message, how the message, from the beginning to, let's hope, the ending of this affair, it's been absolutely mismanaged from beginning to end. And he chose to be the project manager. He took over 
And he said, and in it, it has been a unmitigated disaster, Andrew, in my opinion. Your opinion, Jonathan's opinion might be different. Fair enough. But that's my opinion. And he's got, he, he chose to be the project manager and he is the CEO of Automatic. So the shit hits him for this fiasco of a project. Um, if it if he had been a project manager working for me, he would have got the bloody sack a long time ago. He would have basically he's useless at it. Uh, um, and then we got the whole bit about the, the larger WordPress community and his anti his reactionary and anti democratic stance which really rubs me up the wrong way, Andrew, because he keeps trying to make out that he's the defender of open source and community. Yet when it was asked of him to really share power, the answer was no. That, that's what's rubbing me up, Andrew. And, and to, to be clear and to clarify for people listening, it's not to like give away his power. It's to make it clear to share um, governance of the project is basically told many members of the community like no. And it's not when, when he says share power, I know that that that's what he's talking about to make it clear the, the intentional confusion between .org and .com. That's part of it. Yeah. It's, it's done deliberately because it enables him. Um, it deny. This is this is this is the other factor which I don't appreciate of Matt's leadership, and it's not a personal attack, Spencer. It really, honestly, isn't. And if it comes across, I'll re-look at the video. And if it comes, and I do use some strong language because it was done out of passion and commitment to WordPress. Jonathan, but, you uh, called you called his people cronies. Like. Well, he has got a crony group of people <laughs> who at Automatic um, do his bidding, lick his ass, and won't, te- won't tell him the truth. It's just true. How do you know that? How do you know Because no, I've been told. I when, will, my, you, when my crew... I have my, I have my informants, Andrew. Right. Um, no. I have my informants about what really goes on in Automatic. And he definitely has a group of people that have worked for him for a long time that are his lieutenants, his, his crony thugs, <laughs> that do the dirty work, which he doesn't want to be associated with because it doesn't fit into his public image, which, let's be frank, um, in business, um, you've got to do dirty stuff sometimes. And um, Why? Why? Why have you? Why have you? Well, it's just a part of the human condition. You've got no, to do you don't. No, you don't. You don't right, well, we're going to have to differ no, there. <laughs> but they are, they are the main reasons why I made the video, Andrew. Hopefully I've made... And, it, and um, I, I will look at it again, Spencer, and if it is too personal, I'll take it down. It was done in passion, um, Spencer, but hopefully I've explained the two reasons why I'm so critical of him, Spencer. I mean, you don't have to do anything for me. I'm just saying that I appreciate why certain people's behavior in general can be annoying, but it's important when you're coming out against that 
to go after the things they've done or the ideas on the facts versus what this felt like, which was more of an attack of the human being. So that's all. Maybe you yeah. rephrase it or you can share more information because, again, I don't know what's going on, but it sort of came out of the blue. You know, whereas when we've had on the show before me talking about uh, somebody else in the automatic team, it's because they actually did something in the forums that was ridiculous or so on and so forth. That would be fair game. Um, whereas I'm not so sure I'm on board with this other thing. Well, we had that discussion, and uh, my position is that if you're going to criticize the organization, you should you should go for the person that's the public. But you got to say what it is that he did. Like the things you're oh, talking about, while while maybe an opinion, I don't feel rise to the level of being outside the scope of him as a human being. I think you need to be specific about what it is that provoked you in this case. Maybe there was something you're just not sharing, and I, I give it give you that. But then clarify it. And and the other thing I would say, the word hate to me is a very strong word to use in general, even if it was for link bait, but that is a word that is, it, it causes emotions that don't comply with what you're trying to make. Well, happen. I yeah. hate the leadership that is anti-democratic. It's just that, a strong that, word that, to use yeah, in this case, yeah, probably, especially yeah. when you're talking about a person. Yeah, but so. I do, I do honestly, and I, I wish that I didn't feel this way. I do see him as a really a reactionary, anti-democratic force in WordPress. And I say that with sorrow, but um, his actions speak very clearly about what he really thinks about real community and about really sharing power, which would be a constructive and generous thing to do. He chose not to do. And that action speaks a lot more than these video interviews where he makes out that he is the defender of community and open source, and his actions do not meet it, Spencer. Right, we're going to go for a break, and when we come back, we're going to have a quick discussion on at least one or two other stories, and then um, we'll have our choices of the week. Um, We'll be back soon, folks. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10-30% to conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, 
marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try LaunchFlows today. We're coming back, folks. I had a great discussion, great input from the panel as usual. Um, a very diverse attitude about my video, um, but I will all, I will listen to the panel's different point views and um, see how it goes. So on to story two. Um, um, contributing to open source is better than any college degree. What did you think of this one, Spencer? Uh, I had the good pleasure of being on the Do the Woo with Jonathan and Anna and Bob the other day. And uh, they actually provoked me into talking about the fact that one of one of the primary influences of my learning to do open source to code was actually Justin Tadlock, um, Tom McFarlane and John James Jacoby, a few others. But so John, uh, Justin in this article seems to reflect on that very fact, which I think more today than ever is true. <laughs> Regardless of everything else we were just talking about, WordPress remains the only platform that I can think of that has an, a really healthy economy of independent people making money while still being open source. And it's at a very accessible level. So I was referring to the fact that you can be like a birdie on a hippo's back. You could start with a small little pain point in some community of people doing one plugin, one theme, whatever, and cut your teeth on learning to code stuff. And... Um, Contributing in that way is an amazing opportunity that, honestly, I don't remember what we did before because I grew up in the Microsoft era where everything was license, 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 license. So other than Red Hat Linux, which really wasn't that exciting to me because I was a Windows person then, this is this has been an addiction for 17 years now. I yeah. forgive you, just said Microsoft. All right, there we go. Uh, wallet watch. What was that? <laughs> God bless you. You need saving. Uh, um, Jonathan, what did you think of it? It matches my own experience. I did a little bit of community college, and then I went straight into like to doing WordPress. And so much of my career was experiencing the benefit of others, like Justin, and who wrote. Uh, doing my own writing, sharing the things that I was learning. And I, I joke about it. I feel, yeah, I, I feel that not going to college was one of the best decisions that I made. There, I'm, I'm optimistic for the future. I'm, I'm hopeful rather, not even, I'm not sure optimistic that they'll, that we can change the way we do some of those things. But I think about my own kids and what their future looks like. Uh, but yeah, getting involved in doing things, that's the heart of it, I think, for me, is that WordPress as an ecosystem gives you an opportunity to do and experience. And because of this sense of shared ownership that you get from open source, I, I, at least in my experience, I found many people willing to give, willing to, like, there's, there's almost this um, non-altruistic incentive. Because if we're all here in open source and I'm helping someone else, I'm writing the tutorial and they do something, it helps me too. Like, it's... There's something about it that I think lends itself to learning, to creativity. And yeah, it's the best time from a career perspective. It's some of the best time that I've ever spent. So what do you reckon, Andrew? Because um, I'm a great believer in education in, you know, it's a great thing. But I, I also am depressed where education, higher education, even every form of education, not only in the UK, but in America, 
um, where it's going and how so many people's uh, opportunities are shut down by poor education outcomes and and also in not to some extent in the UK in England we've got to exclude Scotland where I think university is still free but especially in America and to some extent in England the cost of higher education and the benefits you get from it we seem to be going the wrong route. We're going backwards, not forwards. What do you reckon, Andrew? Uh, it's, difficult, it's difficult for me because I left home at 16 and left yeah. school at 16. So, And I educated yeah. myself later. I went to night school to learn flash and I went to day release yeah. to learn cooking and stuff. So become a yeah. chef. Um, it's nice that Scotland gets, um, you know, if you if you get educated in a university in Scotland, that, that it's free because it's still paid for me by me. You know, but I'm still the tax guy that pays that, and everybody else who pays tax in the UK pays for Scottish education to be free, further education to be free. So that's a bit of a stab in the neck for everybody down here. But it'd be, it's particularly if I'm well, it was it, when and sorry, interrupt. It was even more bizarre, wasn't it? Because when we were part, when England was part of the common market. A student from the common market could go to Scotland and get a free education. But if you're English and you went to Scotland, you got charged, didn't you? Uh, no, you didn't. Actually. Oh, did no, I? Thought that no, was no, the... no, if you if you if the if if Aberdeen University accepted you as a student, you didn't get you didn't pay any student fees oh, or anything right. like that. And I've got an 18 year old daughter that will soon finish sixth form and therefore make the transition to education. I'm saying a. Get into St Andrews, get into St Andrews, you know, because it'll save me lots of money and all I have to do is pay your rent, so that's fine. Education, be, be, the, the thing about education, and, I, and I'm going to sound very patronising now, is it begins at home. My parents, my mum worked three jobs, she brought us all up on, a, on her own, literally on her own. I had a few uncles occasionally, but, you know, the point is, is that she worked hard to get us educated. We weren't left to just do our homework. We were yeah. supervised to do our homework. We didn't get our tea until we did our homework, and 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 we always had to take it back to school and stuff like that. So, what I see, and I see it common. It's very common. Even the friends that I've got that are pretty well off, they kind of just leave their kids to it. You know, in the room, in the tele, in the in the room, they're watching television. They're on their mobile phones. They're whatever. So I think where we're failing in as a as a universe is parents are failing to educate their children at home or to encourage them to be educated at home as well. And that is in the morals, the good, the bad, the whatever, as well as the, you know, the the three R's, the reading, writing, and arithmetic. You know, it's all the it's all the things that we've got to do at home to help improve the education system. Um, it, or across the world, you know, we can't rely on teachers on a five or six hour day to educate thirty-two children in a in a in a classroom and, and expect them to come out with A stars all the time. We just can't expect it. We've got to we've got to bolster that. And where that relates to WordPress is that there are so many people out there offering learning opportunities. YouTube is full of coding. Code, but um, you know we've got code, free coding courses on um, um, Udemy and Thinkific and all that kind of stuff. So these platforms are there to educate us. You guys also 
um, educate in free webinars as well. Nobody has to sign up to your products, but they will learn how to do a, a funnel. Um, there's there's education on how to contribute to WordPress, and that's where we are as a community winning because we are always hoping to help and share people. You know, with the Divi Theme Users Group, now 67,000 people. When I was what part of the admin there, we grew it to 32,000 people. And our mantra was help and share first, sell second. We still sold, but sell second. You know, that's the, that's the key. If we keep that mental helpfulness in us, we, I want to help you get over the things that you don't know about WordPress, then that's why WordPress is so successful because the community is generally very, very helpful and will point you to resources. And let's face it, Google is your friend if you're a WordPress developer. You'll always find a snippet or a bit of code or something. I'm I'm trying to learn React at the moment. I'm doing a free React course, you know, because I want to understand it, not because I want to do it, because I want to understand it. And that's where we are as as a community. It's great. I think it's great. You know, we yeah contribute and learn so um spencer with some sons that are looking uh, you know if that they should go to university or not and what did you reckon about this article well i mean i started talking about it at the beginning but it was a while ago but uh basically with my kids concern i uh have indicated to them that i'm an entrepreneur and i have college degree and postgraduate degree and law degree and several other professional degrees, a pilot, insurance agent, real estate agent, and so forth. I think that you need to get the practical skills for whatever it is you're trying to do in today's world, because I think it's a skill-based economy and that the value of a piece of paper for a degree is no longer what it was in the past, unless it's related to that particular skill. Um, There was a time when it was maybe true for my parents' generation and maybe a touch of my generation that getting a certain type of a degree, like an MBA, would serve you to get a career at a company and that you would be there for your whole professional life. Those days are long gone as far as I'm concerned. But if you make yourself talented with, uh, let's say it's coding or let's say it's marketing or let's say it's one of the things you could do on your own with what is available in an open source world like WordPress, you could then go on to a company and be a contractor or you could be an independent or a joint venture or maybe even go to be in management of them. So that's where the skill-based thing kicks in. And I don't feel that the universities have caught up with that yet. I mean, I really don't. They just give you, here's our rote bullshit, pay us $25,000 a semester and call it a day. And that's not really a financial value proposition in many cases. Only the relationships are. I, uh, John first, go ahead. I have go on, let, let John. Oh, let Jonathan go first because I, I have a, it's, it'll take about two minutes. <laughs> so uh, another, one thing I, I realized that it was a big advantage for me, I was homeschooled all the way up through high school. And then I did a little junior college then. I developed a love of learning at a young age. Like I read encyclopedias for fun. When I got on the web at like 11, 12, started building things like it, I had the time and the freedom to do that. And I see the roots in my career. I got involved in community as a teenager and it sort of grew from there. So that love of learning, I think is a key aspect. I'm now looking at the possibility of doing some college because of like, and, and I see some universities, some folks are doing some really good things. So it's, but I expect a lot of it to die off. So it's like, if you take college in general, I think a lot of the way it is now just can't be sustained. The key point though, in my experience is figuring out how to cultivate that love of learning. 
And that's certainly my hope with my own kids. Like, no, I'll, I'll, yeah, before I throw it over to John, I think you're so right. And to give you a bit of personal about me, like uh, my education was Radio 4 uh, because I have dyslexia. And I, uh, when I was at my early years of school, Jonathan, I was classified as subnormal, as below average intelligence because of my dyslexia. Uh, um and I had literally had to, but I learnt my love of um, knowledge and and vocabulary by listening to Radio <coughs> Four, which I'm sure Andrew uh, understands is a pretty high powered. The archers. The archers. I used to love the archers. Uh, um, over to you, John. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this tavern article, and uh, it was. And all the comments that are below it are really written from the standpoint of one group. And that's a problem because if, you know, I had a very easy time like breaking into technology, but it's probably not like that for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oops, <laughs> he's, he's frozen. He will come back. Um, <laughs> he's frozen in quite a good position. Yeah, and he was making an excellent point, but unfortunately, um, obviously he's been stopped. Yeah, come back. So I'm sorry, yeah. John. I'm going to have to go on to story um, three. Uh, um, and this is from um, Chris Lemmer, a, a, a big beast in the WordPress community. Uh, um, he's going to be coming on the show next week to be part of the panel. Uh, um, and I've, he's been writing some great stuff, Chris. And he, um, it's almost like he reads my mind. I'm actually thinking about something. Can it pop? His um, email pops up, you know, uh, and it's about the thing I'm thinking about. Uh, um, so he wrote this article: uh, clues that you that your prospective client may not be a good fit. And when you're starting or if you're a freelance, it's all about getting clients. But as you, as the pressure, maybe you've got more people approaching you, learn that very quickly that it's also about getting the right type of clients. What did you think of this one, Andrew? It's so true. I mean, I've learned, I've learned it over 35 years of selling in print, marketing, web, SEO, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I still make the mistakes. I still, the the red flag is there. And I'm thinking, do you know what? I'm experienced enough to educate these people on how I work and what, what I want. And then I go six grand later when I'm six grand down, I go, oh, whoops. <laughs> I should have thought about that. So there's still, it's always good to, to read these articles and just go, oh yeah, I did that. Um, and I wrote an article very similar about five years ago of, of, of how to how to choose your best client. When you're a freelancer and you've just started out, and also when you're when you're a member of Facebook groups like I am, and you see these people, they all of a sudden say, "Right, I've just started. I've decided to start a web development company because I've got a page builder." I go, "Well, best of luck with that then," <laughs> you know, because that's not that's not the skill set you need. The skill set you need in this job, first of all, is to first read that article and the one I wrote, and realize that actually working for yourself is one of the most difficult things that you will ever do because you have to turn yourself 
into a people person, not a people pleaser. And the problem is when you're a freelancer and you're desperate for that first two grand website, because that's a lot of money to you and you think you can do it in 10 days, but actually it's going to take you 10 weeks because your client is from hell and wants the logo bigger and my, you know, my nephew designed it in Word. You know, all the things that we know that clients do to us, you will you will regret not learning how to be the best salesperson for you. So yeah, read this. I love it. I love Chris Lemmer's articles and um, that they're, they're very educational. It's not all about affiliate links with Chris, you know, you, they are, they no, are there's real value. In what you, there is real value. First thing you've got to learn is how to spot that red flag. And the second thing you've got to learn is to, is how to say no, even when your fridge is empty. Right, that's what that's, you've got. Well, that's di- it's a difficult one, but you, you soon learn really quickly that you you got to be disciplined. Um, what do you reckon, Spencer? What did you think of this article? Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about Chris's articles. He's trying to do a blog a day. And then this one, I think, covers some territory I've talked about myself, which is dating and business are the same. They're all about relationships. So, you know, don't pick a relationship with somebody who up front you realize isn't going to be a good match. Now, this is, I don't want to make the, this wouldn't be true, but I was going to say as a guy, I can speak from a guy's perspective. I'm sure there are women who can say the same, but guys tend to, especially in their younger years, make bad choices about who they want to date because of factors that aren't long-term good. I think in business, In your early days, you do the same thing. You are desperate for clients, so you'll make compromises with the various things that are really obvious in the early moments of dealing with a client. But it's only after you've been burned a few times or maybe gotten as old as I am, you know, that you realize in the long run, it's better to say no to people and to say no to clients than to say yes to everybody. And I think that's what Chris is reflecting on very well here. Yeah, John's rejoined us. John, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let Jonathan talk about story three, and then I'll come back to you and you can finish off your point on story two and also contribute to story three as well. How does that sound, John? Yeah. Um, so, Jonathan, what did you think of this um, article by Chris Lemmer? I thought I thought he's got a great way of putting things, isn't he? And I, I, thought, I think he was spot on about this one. Uh, Chris is a great storyteller. I, I concur with what's said. I, I'll just add one of the things that I've learned over the years is if a prospective client talks bad at all about their previous developer, that's a red flag. They're going to well, do that. Well, yeah. That's, by the way, the waiter story of dating. When you're dating somebody, you should wait to see how they talk to the waiter or waitress because that's how they're going to be talking to you soon. Yeah, yeah I, I have a kind of um, slightly different perspective to that, Jonathan. If if they're talking, there are a lot of uh, bad... I'll, I'll clarify. If they're talking bad at all about the person versus the work, and that's an important distinction. I've had someone like have a, a, a terrible, like they did really bad work. And for me, it was a big positive that they didn't go after the person. Like they even somewhat like defended them. Like, but hey, I, I need help with this. Like, it's it's not working as it is. Versus others who have like, oh, I had such a terrible developer. They just didn't understand. They were so bad. Yeah, and I'm like, nope. Yeah, especially. Um, I, thanks for clarifying that. I totally agree with you now. But it, I, I just I give them if they say it's just one, because sometimes it can be a communication personality plus work dynamic. But when the real flat 
flag starts waving is when when it's a list. Well, I've been, uh, you know, this is the fourth developer that I've tried to use, and I regularly have these conversations, Jonathan. Where it's the full, it was the full person that um, I've used three offshore, and then now I've got this other domestic person off the Facebook user group, whatever user group it was, and and none of them understand what I what I wanted and they just don't get the bigger picture Jonathan and you you seem to be you've got a knowledgeable team and I'm sure I'm sure you're gonna be able to understand no I'm fucking ain't because you're a fucking mess you're a nightmare client that I'm gonna run on the hills from not only do you not want to pay you're a freaking nightmare (laughs) over to you John Oh, you're muted, John. Okay, so uh, I don't know what where I cut out, but when we were... It was pretty soon in your piece, Okay, actually. so we're... Yeah, I don't know. My internet cut out. Okay, so we were talking about the open source in college, and, you know, it's easy for a white guy to break into tech and have their um, contributions accepted. And everybody that was in that comment section and Justin are from that group, so that's their perspective. But Helen, who's Sandy... Um, the first employee at 10 up and lead developer at WordPress says in regard to that article, counterpoint, my degrees made me much better at contributing to open source and generally being a professional. And I'm also just lucky to automatically be considered competent in the parts of tech that I stay in. Credentialism is a very real thing for many groups in many areas. Christy Chirino says I'm very or I'm, oh, so, no, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, Christie's a fabulous, yeah, fabulous member of the WordPress community. I interviewed her yesterday, and that will come up next week, folks. Um, and she is fabulous, isn't she, John? She's a star, for real. Aren't she? But she said, "Yeah, for real." And she says, "I'm so bored of rich people acting like going to college is just about what you learn." And not acknowledging that for some people it was the first time that we had our own rooms, weren't worried about our next meal, and made friends who didn't live working two minimum wage jobs. So, I mean, there's a reason. I mean, rich people go to Harvard and Yale not to go learn, but to make connections. And um, they're for women in, in technology and particularly for marginalized groups. Their contributions are not always accepted so readily. And that and that's the overarching thing that that you know we keep hammering on. But you know, some people need those credentials in order to be taken seriously because there is a lot of sexism, there's a lot of prejudice and discrimination still in technology and even in WordPress. So that's that's the point that I would like to make with that. So yeah. All right. Um I think I'm going to jump, uh, I don't want this to go too far. So I think we dumped the other stories. And we, um, before we go on to our recommendations, I'm doing a webinars pretty quickly after this this podcast with Uncle Spencer. Um, we're doing a workshop. Uh, um, I use webinar. <laughs> workshop. Uh, um, and it's all going to be about Gutenberg, launch flows, building mods and funnels with Gutenberg. It's going to be fantastic, isn't it, Spencer? Over to you. <laughs> yes, it will be. We're going to have a quick workshop. at tw- It's 1230 Central, 1030 Pacific today. 
And uh, it's going to be basically showing you how to do uh, Gutenberg sales funnels. So I am a thank you to Sally Getch. Recent convert, uh, Gutenberg has crossed the... Uh, <laughs> you see the, the line. The, 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 it's crossed the threshold of usability. Now, launch flows in WooCommerce are usable with any page builder. That goes without saying. But here we're going to show... Even oxygen. Even oxygen. We're going to show how to use it with Gutenberg because at the core of this, what I'm really trying to promote is that with a certain number of little free tools, you can actually achieve the content you need for the sales funnel and then have universality. Because let's say you build something, create something, get something from one of uh, the people I'm going to be working with soon, <clears throat> Andrew Palmer. The point is, is that you could take your sales funnel stuff and have it work with whatever page builder you or your client are using which gives you more flexibility. And I'm going to demonstrate how fast it is. It really is fast. I mean, on the speed level, not on the like creation. The creation is fast regardless. So it'll be fun. 40 minutes in and out, like going to Wisconsin. You'll have That's fun. That's right. And before I go on to the panel recommendation of my own, please join us on the revamped WP Tonic Mastermind um, WordPress group. Um, if Facebook you're group first, Facebook group, Facebook group. Yeah, Facebook group. That's what I said, didn't I? Was all right. no, well, oh, sorry, Facebook group. And um, it's been revamped. Andrew's going to help me with a bit. And all most of the, uh, like um, Spencer, most of the regular panel are, are um, all, um, um, yeah, uh, admin on it. And um, if you're using WordPress for your business on a daily basis, it's going to be the group where you get the best advice and the best discussions. So please join us on that. That would be great. Um, so recommendations. So it might, might watching this video a few times might have encouraged me with with my outburst last night. Um, it's a speech from Malcolm X. Um, I, I think it's still it's one of the most powerful speeches in American history history it's his speech which he titled the bullet the ballot or the bullet and i still feel as a man uh, as a as a story of personal growth and enlightenment malcolm x's personal story even though the ending of his life was tragic and much too short he was one of the greatest americans and this speech you can see the dynamism, the razor-sharp focus on the real issues and the wanting for his own community to uplift itself and for it to wake up. So I suggest that you, you it's on YouTube, but it's audio file that you re-listen to this great speech from a great, a true leader, a real leader um, in my eyes. So, Spencer, got a rep, reputation? Uh, I do, yeah. I put it in the post. Um, I'm going to recommend something called Add Anchor Links. I was doing the documentation for Launch Flows, and my good pal uh, Jack Arturo does this manually with his uh, page builder. His documents are really super clean. One of the things it allows you to do is, let's say you have a documentation with multi-steps. You can have it automatically create an anchor link to each of the steps or one of the distinctions. So for example, in launch flows, maybe there's like a short code way and a widget way. And I want to give somebody the link right to the widget way. You can get the anchor link for that particular paragraph 
uh, and then share it, which is something that um, is otherwise kind of annoying to do, but it's very handy on sites like GitHub. So this makes this happen automatically in any WordPress site. So if you have any reason for yourself or a client to want to, you know, direct link into the middle of some blog post or article or lesson or instruction, this is a good way to do it. Yes, but do post that in the Slack channel for Spencer. I did, and, yeah. uh, I did. And Jonathan, if you've got a recommendation, just put it into chat and Spencer will post it into the Slack channel for you. So, Jonathan, have you got a recommendation? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to follow your uh, Malcolm X recommendation, but uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll do that. Um, I So, Brian Gardner recently started working on themes again, which I was really happy to see. Oh, it's great news. He's a great, um, another great member yeah. of the WordPress community. He's, he's been on the show. I, I plan to ask him to come back if he will reconsider coming back. But he's just a great guy, isn't he? Frostwp.com is uh, his latest, and I'm super excited to see what he does with it. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, he's done a lot of a lot of fantastic work in the in the theme. This is one of the great, you know. I know um, at the beginning of of this show, um, I was a bit negative, but one of the great things and strengths of WordPress is just the quality of individuals that you meet as part of the community, isn't it, Jonathan? Oh, he's just nodding his head. Um, so, Andrew, uh, have you um, got a recommendation? I do, I do. Um, it's uh, more Cohen's design class. So it's flixframe.com forward slash design class. It's in the thing. And the reason I'm recommending this, I did it when it when she she first um, did it. And I actually paid for it, you know, because even though she's a mate of mine. But the point is, is that I had reason to revisit it. And there's loads of added, added extra content because I'm building a, a UI and I needed to just to focus my thought on how to build this UI out and what the design principles were and everything like that. And it's lifetime membership. I mean, you know, it's an, it's lumpy money, really. It's, you know, just under 600 bucks. But it's, talking about learning, it's one of the best investments you'll make in my view because I'm not a designer. I'm just, you know, you can see the websites that I've built. I've built them. I haven't designed them. But they're functional. But design, fonts, colorways, you know, all this kind of stuff. And if you are getting into WordPress design or website design or design anything, then design class is really for you. So I'm recommending more Cohen's design class. Um, and it's basically flixframe.com forward slash design class. So yes, put, put all these recommendations in Slack, please. Um, so, John, have you got a recommendation? Yeah, this is to follow up on uh, what we we're talking about. It's a post from Christy Chernos on open source in college. And it's uh, her coalesced thoughts. On going to college, and, yeah, we uh, had a, um, I had a uh, big dive with her in the interview. We covered some really interesting uh, subjects about technology, being a woman, being a minority. We had a big oh, yeah. dive. It's, a, it's I highly suggest that you listen to the interview when it goes live next week. Co-founder right? of Caldera, yes, right, correct. You know, yes. lot, oftentimes that can get lost because we, we, yeah. you know, I spoke to Josh lots of times, but. And they sold and, you know, worked with Liquid Web and worked mm. with and now working with Codable. Top of her tree, right? Top oh, of she the, is one bright young lady. She exposure that she, said she deserves. It's like, does my nutting. Yeah. Is she, is, she really is a bright young lady. Uh, um, so we're going to wrap it up. It's been another great show. The panel put me in my spot. Uh, um, I deserved it. I'll probably take down that video before... YouTube takes it down. Uh, um, so uh, we'll see you next week for another great panel, another great discussion. Like I say, Chris Lemon's going to be the beast that is Chris. 
is going to be joining us next week. It should be a great discussion. I'm sure Chris will put me right and put me, um, give me online therapy for my problems and issues. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 